You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. In today's show, you will learn about America's unstoppable energy trend and why, after recognizing the immensity of and opportunity within this multi-trillion dollar macro energy trend, MSE Investments concluded Correlate Energy is the best small cap company poised to capitalize on this trend. In April of this year, After months of collaborative due diligence which included on-site, in-person meetings with management, MSE Investments made a million-dollar investment into Correlate. What follows is an explanation of the investment thesis, which is also the reason I decided to feature the company as a new show sponsor. No risk-taking means no outsize reward-reaping, and I, for one, am willing to take calculated risks for potentially huge returns. Let's begin. Fortunes can be made when energy trends radically shift, and today we stand at the beginning stages of a burgeoning, unstoppable trend in America towards decentralized electrical energy generation. This trend is exponentially increasing current by the kilowatt hour with no foreseeable diminishment. It is driven by the powerful confluence of economic pragmatism, utter necessity, environmental concern, investment demand, and governmental incentives. The drivers of the burgeoning decentralized electrical energy generation trend in America are, first, exponential demand increase for renewable energy. The demand for renewables is expected to grow exponentially through 2030 and beyond. The International Energy Agency estimates that over $1 billion per day will be invested in solar investments in 2023. Furthermore, IEA's executive director said that investment in solar was, quote, set to overtake the amount of investment going into oil production for the first time, end quote. And over the next five years, the Solar Energy Industries Association and Wood McKenzie expect that, quote, the U.S. solar industry is expected to nearly triple in size. Between 2023 and 2028, the industry will add 236 gigawatts to an installed base of 142 gigawatts as of year-end 2022. Solar will be the leading technology of the clean energy transition, thanks to the long-term policy certainty provided by the Inflation Reduction Act. Most of the immediate demand for renewable energy generation can only be met via decentralized systems. In the long term, widespread central electricity generation via renewable energy is likely unfeasible. Even if centrally controlled mammoth solar projects were installed throughout the sunny southwestern states or wind farms in the gusty midwestern states, there would not be the corresponding transmission lines and supporting infrastructure to provide that green electricity to end users. If the necessary supporting infrastructure were to be committed, it would take trillions of dollars of funding and decades to install. Therefore, over the next decade and beyond, renewable energy growth will be primarily via decentralized systems. The next driver is unprecedented government incentivization. The Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 is a game-changing climate law that is supercharging the renewable energy industry for at least the next decade. Bloomberg NEF and the National Renewable Energy Laboratory increased their U.S. solar generation projections after IRA's passage by 90 and 93 percent respectively for 2035 and by 9 to 35 percent for 2050. Moreover, the Wall Street Journal has concluded that the uncapped structure of the IRA will end up providing $1.2 trillion in tax credits, much of which will fund renewable energies. The next driver is growing private sector investment funding. Venture capital investment in clean energy saw a record $16.2 billion 
invested across 582 deals in 2022. McKinsey estimates that by 2030, there will be $1 to $1.5 trillion annually deployed into renewable energy. McKinsey's projection would represent a three to fourfold increase from the $366 billion invested in renewables in 2021. The next driver is real cost savings. Most decentralized energy resources being installed today include solar generation. These photovoltaic systems provide a relatively quick payback of the capital investment and then essentially provide free electricity. Michael Sarich, Senior Vice President of Rysted Energy, said that, quote, investments into renewables are likely to increase further moving forward as renewable project payback time shortened to less than a year in some cases, end quote. These systems also allow the end user to lock in their electrical cost over 20 to 30 years while prices rise. Furthermore, some companies finance, develop, and own the on-site power generation sources and then sell the electricity to the local consumer. In these situations, the electrical customer pays zero money down and gets an instant electrical price discount to current rates. The next driver is the decarbonization imperative. The United States of America is one of many nations that have committed to net zero carbon emissions by 2050. To successfully achieve this goal, non-carbon emitting renewable and nuclear electricity generation needs to skyrocket. But wide-scale approval, funding, construction, and commissioning of U.S. nuclear power plants, along with the corresponding infrastructure, would necessitate multiple decades to accomplish, if at all. Therefore, if the decarbonization goals are to be achieved, it will primarily be by means of decentralized renewable energy sources. The next driver is the inability to access electricity from the grid. In some areas of America, would-be users do not have access to centrally generated electricity due to lack of generation capacity and the necessary transmission infrastructure. For example, in Virginia, Dominion Energy cannot service potential customers due to a lack of sufficient transmission lines. Furthermore, in parts of California, new developments cannot receive a will-serve letter from the local power companies due to both the lack of electricity generation as well as a lack of transmission infrastructure. This problem will only be exacerbated as society becomes increasingly electrified, especially with the continued electrical vehicle adoption. Thus, the only solution to this expanding problem is decentralized electricity, the utter necessity of and demand for localized solar power and microgrids will therefore quickly grow. The final driver is the demand for electrical resiliency and independence. Due to increasing grid disruptions and longer overall durations of power interruptions, consumers are increasingly moving to on-site solar generation plus battery storage. This desire for resiliency and independence is also a key factor driving demand for microgrids. These decentralized microgrids can combine baseload electricity production, oftentimes from natural gas, with solar panels for continual and locally generated power. Correlate Energy was founded by CEO Todd Michaels to pursue this generational wealth-building opportunity. Todd, along with Correlate board member Bob Powell and Correlate CFO Channing Chen, have been pioneers in the clean energy sector for over 15 years. In 2007, Todd and Channing founded Solar Power Partners. Seeing the ground floor opportunity with Solar Power Partners, Bob then left behind his career with California's largest utility company and joined Solar Power Partners as CFO. Together, they built the company into one of the first and most successful solar power providers in America. Over five years, they raised and deployed over $500 million into clean energy. The trio then capitalized on their successful venture by selling the business to 
NRG Energy, the largest power plant operator in the United States, which was seeking to get more into renewable energy at the time. During the next decade, Todd, Channing, and Bob headed divisions within renewable energy leaders NRG Energy and Sun Edison. While together at Sun Edison, the largest global player in renewables at the time, Bob became president of North America. Todd was head of product innovation, and Channing was general manager of the residential segment and head of project finance. Here, the trio greatly contributed to the successful growth and operation of a large renewable energy business. While at Sun Edison, Todd noticed the industry was headed towards a more complex set of solutions beyond just solar energy. There were challenges and colossal shifts occurring that would require a more integrated approach to energy at the local level. Therefore, Todd developed a business plan for Sun Edison to acquire other technologies and companies in order to scale a North American platform. But due to Sun Edison's investment in overseas markets, they were not financially prepared to pursue this opportunity. So Todd sought and received approval to exit Sun Edison with his key deputies to begin the foundational work on Correlate Energy. For the next few years, Todd worked behind the scenes to set in place a core team to take Correlate to the public markets. After the pandemic lockdowns, the energy market exploded. Demand increased while utility rates rose at unprecedented levels. There were extended grid outages happening in almost all markets. So Todd decided the quickest and most cost-effective way to go public would be via a reverse takeover. In December 2021, Correlate merged with Tricar, a tightly held oil and gas services company traded on the OTCQB, which was also looking to make a transition at the time. Since going public, Todd has continued to recruit and hire industry-leading talent. Correlate's management and board form the company's unique competitive advantage. Correlate's team consists of experts who, in their careers, have successfully financed, developed, and installed over $2 billion of clean energy projects for their clients. This team, through long-term relationships, has access to billions of dollars of future institutional project capital required to develop, build, and operate thousands of energy systems at scale. A would-be clean energy startup would not have the connections or access to project capital that Correlate possesses. Clean energy earnings are being sought after by investors. In Q4 2022, the medium EBITDA multiple for green energy companies was 12.3. According to Finerva, investors particularly rewarded renewable energy stocks. For example, producer Interjex was consistently being valued over 20 or 30 times their EBITDA in 2022. Raymond James's research has further shown that in 2023, some renewable energy companies are receiving dramatic valuation. For example, Altus Power, a sub-billion dollar company, has seen a price-to-earnings ratio of over 40, while multi-billion dollar Brookfield Renewable Partners was valued at a P.E. of over 137. Investors are also highly rewarding clean energy companies that pursue growth via accretive acquisitions. For example, on May 12, 2023, NASDAQ-listed First Solar announced it was spending $80 million to acquire a company whose technology would help accelerate First Solar's next generation of solar panels. First Solar shares immediately rose 26% and added over $5.3 billion of market capitalization that day. There is not a surplus of publicly traded high-growth potential small-cap U.S. clean energy stocks into which investment dollars can flow. So if Correlate Energy's management team executes on its corporate strategy in this environment where investors desire to reward green energy success, there is a real possibility that the company could quickly move from an underfollowed, illiquid small-cap stock to a valuation significantly higher.
Now on to Correlate Energy's three-pronged strategy. Firstly, Correlate seeks to finance, develop, and profitably sell localized clean energy solutions and microgrids to industrial, commercial, and residential customers. Secondly, Correlate plans to retain ownership of some of these energy systems and thereby realize ongoing, reliable cash flow. Thirdly, Correlate seeks to acquire proven renewable energy companies in order to exponentially grow earnings per share for investors. Correlate Energy seeks to acquire private clean energy companies and their corresponding intellectual property, project pipelines, and existing EBITDA. Once acquired, the company's expected future cash flow and EBITDA can then immediately be revalued higher in the public markets, creating an instant win-win for both Correlate and the acquired private company. The decentralized clean energy market is extremely fragmented. This creates tremendous opportunity for Correlate and why growth through acquisition is central to the company's business plan. Consolidation is a sign of a maturing market as costs lower and adoption rates rise. For example, in 1914, there were 350 car manufacturers producing 2 million cars annually. After 70 years of mergers and bankruptcies, there were 15 manufacturers producing 11.5 million cars. A similar consolidation occurred with internet companies after the dot-com bubble of the early 2000s in which $5 trillion worth of market value was quickly erased. In subsequent years, around 5,000 companies were acquired or shut down as the industry matured. Consolidation periods in burgeoning sectors offer investors unique opportunities to build wealth. For example, during the 20 years since the dot-com bust, leading companies such as Alphabet Incorporated or Google rose to the top through acquisitions and have achieved market valuations of over a trillion dollars. And it was Standard Oil's consolidation of America's burgeoning oil industry in the late 1880s that made John D. Rockefeller one of the world's richest men. Rockefeller started in the fledgling oil business in 1863, and by the early 1880s, Standard Oil owned around 90% of U.S. refineries and pipelines. The Correlate Energy team has the entrepreneurial drive, thought leadership, access to capital, and public company vehicle to structure accretive acquisition offers. Correlate offers regional acquisition targets, growth, and geological de-risking via its national platform. Founders of successful privately run clean energy companies can reap a substantial reward in the shares of Correlate via acquisition. Struggling solar companies can find growth via Correlate's multifaceted platform. Renewable energy companies that are run like small businesses without scalability receive from Correlate access to complex, integrated clean energy solutions, in-depth project modeling, and institutional-grade accounting required by sophisticated and institutional investors. Now that you understand the macro energy trend and the big picture of Correlate's business strategy, let's hear from management. I'm Bill Powers, and now I'm joined with Correlate CEO Todd Michaels, as well as Cornerstone Investor and Correlate Board Member Corey Hunt. Gentlemen, welcome on to the show. Todd, I'd like to discuss with you uh, where the company is at in terms of being at that cash flow positive inflection point. Can you share with my listeners where you're at in terms of revenue and expected EBITDA? Great, Will. Yeah, thank you for that. And uh, currently, the, we were happy to say as of May of this year, the, the company entered the cash flow positive uh, profile, uh, you know, fundamentally because all of our projects that are starting construction this spring and we're able to recognize the revenues and the cash flow from those activities. We currently have uh, a, a, a guidance for uh, revenue for the year that is going to be uh, around 26 million to 35 million in 
in revenue with uh, around 18 to 20% uh, gross margin. Uh, and EBITDA will be um, will will potentially be negative for the year given equity issuances that we have. And then looking towards 24, our, our revenue guidance is going to be uh, 45 to 60 with a 25% gross, and we should be in the low to mid-teens. And so you can see the directionality of, as our projects are now coming to fulfillment and, and we're tipping into the next year. That's the profile from uh, from where the company's at and the trajectory we're on. And Todd, those numbers that you're quoting, that doesn't factor in any microgrid jobs, ones that you're pursuing right now, because those jobs are pretty huge. They're huge. They take a long time to start, a long time to complete. Uh, as an example, I mean, a single project could be $100 million. So for the sake of providing uh, some guidance, we, we try to uh, yeah, those we would we would look at uh, recognizing some of that revenue at the end of next year, but primarily that goes into to twenty you know twenty five and beyond. And it, these are all organic revenues that today do not consider the impacts of of acquisitions. It's things that we have line of sight to that we can control. Okay, Corey, you're a cornerstone investor. You wrote a large check uh, over a year ago. You're on the board. Uh, share with investors why you invested with your partner Peter Lacey in Correlate. Well, we definitely see an opportunity in this industry. And when we look to invest in any deal, we're looking for a company that is at an inflection point uh, with an opportunity in an industry that has significant growth potential. And uh, we looked at you know the correlate investment as that opportunity. And when we when we evaluate a deal, it took us about four months to make the decision to actually write the check and come into this. We also want to see within the leadership that there's humility and a willingness to be coached. Um, we want to support any of the investments that we that we go into with more than just a check. We usually roll up our sleeves and help those companies grow along with our capital. So um, we answered yes to all of the above when we were doing our due diligence within Todd and his team. And we could see that they also had the the past experience in, in making significant things happen within this industry, being in it since 2007. So that gave us enough to uh, to enter. And uh, coincidentally, we uh, and a little bit of luck sometimes, well, we were able to uh, participate in this and, and following our investment, uh, we were all kind of blessed with the in Inflation Reduction Act, which only cemented our, uh, our conviction within this company. Or you're also helping correlate on the mergers and acquisitions side. So the numbers that Todd threw out there regarding projected revenue and EBITDA, that does not factor in the acquisition of any project pipelines or companies. Can you share with listeners, what is your role in trying to ser vet, search out and then vet potential acquisition targets? Our focus is to allow the company to wash its own face through its own organic work. You know, it, we have to run the company so that we have positive cash flow and we can continue. But I think the significant upside here is in the M&A um, you know, space within Correlate. So when we're looking at targets, we're looking at anywhere between a 20 and $100 million revenue uh, potential target that has that historic revenue. And we're looking for the same type of characteristics within the leadership that you know would be able to mesh with ours. We don't just want to throw a bunch of different businesses together that culturally we're not going to be able to have like a creative momentum. And you really, you have a number of businesses um, within North America that have been built up over the last decade and are very respectable within their region, but they're at a little bit of a plateau. 
and having the the different bench strengths within correlate on the project finance and the, the capability and engineering, et cetera, with these acquisitions that we're looking at, we feel like we can add significant value within those regions and actually, you know, be a, a significant catalyst uh, within those companies in their regions. So we're kind of looking at assembling a collective um, within our firm um, across the nation as we continue to develop our strategy. Todd, is there anything more you can share about uh, the company's ongoing merger and acquisition activities? Obviously, we, we've been in the industry for a, a decade, and so we, we have a very good sense about uh, the true nature uh, and the capabilities of, of a lot of, of the potential targets. And so I think you know, it's all about efficiency and, you know, running, you know, ideally over time, you know, we have a consistent funnel of these. There's hundreds of companies. We're looking for the jewels. Uh, we're looking for reasonable founders. You know, it's all about getting to the correct terms that allow us to uh, consummate a transaction. And, you know, having something as simple as knowing the the accounting practices and the rigor that they have you know, these can be real challenges when you're buying private businesses as a public company so yeah we've learned a lot we have a lot of experience we've got an amazing team but you know led by Corey and others that are around this and so our ability to really do this cost effectively compared to potentially folks that need to hire um you know dedicated external resources that's a real difference in how we can get through these transactions pretty efficiently Todd, it took me a while to figure out correlates uh, business plan i spent many hours with you even days with you in person figuring it out before i personally wrote a half million dollar check and then mse investments did a million dollars into the company could you share with listeners that you're more than just a solar company the whole microgrid thing maybe explain what a microgrid is because i had to learn what a microgrid is myself let's start there Great. Uh, a microgrid is essentially an you know an assembly of distributed energy technologies that can uh, operate separately from the grid. That might comprise of something like solar, a natural gas fired generator, batteries, anything that can provide uh, energy and uh, ongoing energy storage capabilities uh, separate from the grid. So that's really the key. And these are not new concepts. The military and other you know people who are really uh, fearful about resiliency and backup have been doing this for a very long time, but the reality is microgrids have gotten you know into the spotlight in the last few years, given all the challenges that the grid has had. Texas, California—they've all had different reasons. Some of it weather-related, some of it just aging infrastructure. I mean, the the electrical grid is a hundred, you know, two almost a couple hundred years old at this point, and it's showing its age, and it requires you know billions and billions of dollars of investment that's frankly not occurring quick enough, and so. Uh, these microgrids are being embraced by you know anyone from a residence to large businesses that have millions of dollars of process and technology at risk. Basically, with your experience and your team's experience, you're not limited to solar panels. You're not even limited to microgrids. You can do EV infrastructure charging and basically anything as it relates to the sector, right? That's correct. I, the these are all on technology curve. Solar is is simple. It's easy to understand the economics. It's quick to deploy. It's like the Pandora's box of you know empowering consumers to own their own energy journey. So a lot of people embrace that first. It's very, really clear the benefit. Now you have batteries on the same cost curve going down, uh, and 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 it, so it can be more approachable uh, as a st as a backup power source combined with solar. I mean, residential folks have been doing this for years, and now you have markets where utilities, frankly, are encouraging that behavior because they'll pay customers 
to have that capability to support the grid. And now you have the third revolution, which is electric vehicles. And these these vehicles are both uh, electric consumers, but they're also giant batteries on wheels when they're stationary at the house that can provide resources to the home as well as resources to the grid or resources at work. And so there's a there's an interaction here of how you design these systems and bring them together. They all work in concert. As an example, we might deploy more batteries to support uh, putting in EV charge infrastructure. There's There might be upgrades required to put in that. And so the combination of solar and battery allows us to deploy those electrical vehicle chargers. So it's, it's, it is very much an integrated system. And, you know, these, if you look at it effectively, what it means is increasingly our single customer who may have started with solar, all it means is our ticket size doubles with storage and then triples with EV charging. So it's a way for us to get more share of customer wallet uh, and have a long-term recurring uh, situation with that customer over time. Maybe could you share in a concise manner because uh, what you're I'm asking you to explain to my listeners, you explained to me over hours at a lunch one time. And uh, when you have a big project, let's say a $60 million project, you have to bring together a lot of investment dollars. And it's a very complex accounting that is necessitates bringing this to fruition. Can you talk about how SIPI, which is a ticker symbol, C-I-P-I, for correlate, how you're able to do that? Right. Well, for, for one... Our team has been uh, raising this type of capital and working with this, this, these types of institutional investors personally since 2007. Uh, there, there really are two types of capital required to start and then, uh, you know, own, you know, build, own, and operate these projects. The first bucket is development capital. This is, you know, the money required up front to do this complex technical work to order major equipment to start construction. Um, secondly, we have long-term takeout financing. That's you know 90% of our large projects, as you said, require 10 to 30-year project financing to amortize the cost to create positive cash flow, both for us as the owner of the project, as well as for the customer. This consists of equity, debt, and tax equity. And there's been some really amazing changes to the tax equity and the ability for lots of different people to participate in the tax advantage investment that happened through the IRA. That's, you know, something to talk about in the future. And this, you know, this, this these monies could be provided by uh, niche investors that just want to provide the development capital or might be, you know, provided by a single infrastructure fund uh, that provides all three forms of the capital. These are, uh, you know, and they, unique to, to correlate, we're talking about tens to hundreds of millions of dollars. And so, they they want and they need us to have institutional grade processes and controls to identify risks, mitigate risks, have proper documentation. Uh, because there's a whole you know beyond just getting something built and designed, there's the whole asset management and the ongoing operation of the project that is quite key. And so we're cognizant of how do you design systems to comply for that long term operational capability. So lots and lots of knowledge that goes into. Uh, complying with these institutional sources capital. And that's effectively why we're able to go out there and tranche these projects in batches of 10 to $50 million uh, over you know a several year period. And that's what the investors are looking for. And that's why they're attracted to Correlate. Corey, uh, what can you share with listeners um, regarding the advancement of the company in terms of the capital markets? You're currently traded on the OTC markets right now. Um, where does the company plan to go? Our 
focus right now is actually going through an uplist that we announced uh, just over a year ago. So we've uh, interviewed over the last three months about six different banks. Uh, we just met with another one a couple of days ago, and uh, we're, we're going through the selection process right now to uplist onto either the NYSE or the NASDAQ. So that's uh, at the front and center of, of our focus within the capital markets today. And Todd, uh, the next three months, could you summarize the big catalyst investors should look for over the next three months? Uh, one, which we've touched on a little bit, we have uh, projects that are coming to fruition that uh, people see we're executing. You know, we're in the projects business, we're in infrastructure, we, we you know, putting uh, glass on roof and getting uh, infrastructure deployed is what it's all about. And we've, you know, we've seen that with our clients like Kyocera you know, American tire distributors. So we've got these large national, international businesses that have embraced us and given us thumbs up for for job well done and projects executed. Number two, we have major national uh, uh, revenue contracts that are happening across uh, our industrial REIT and logistics REIT sectors. It was a focus of the company a year ago. We have two, uh, you know, Northeast and uh, Mid-Atlantic based REITs that have hundreds of facilities. And we're now um, we've we've gotten into contract and we're executing upon for each uh, the first five million dollars phase one of those projects, and so we'll start to see the the run on business profile of building out these logistics REITs that are up and down the eastern seaboard. Uh, third, we are going to uh, accelerate and put you know real fire on our pipeline and our project acquisition business that is separate from buying a company. There's uh, lots of developers, like Corey talked about, that just don't have the resources and capitalization. We're launching our Correlate. Uh, we're, we're still finding the correct name, but essentially it's our project ownership fund that is going to be providing up to $100 million of capital, both that development capital and that long-term financing to uh, build um, microgrid projects and traditional solar, battery, and EV infrastructure projects with our regional partners and, and do that. And there's most companies we come across there's many, many businesses that have 10 to $20 million of business that frankly just don't have the volume and the aggregation to get there. This fund effectively unlocks their ability to see those projects through. And so that is going to be how we sort of growth hack our way to that extra beyond our organic revenues. How do we get to that additional $20, $30 million of top line potentially by the year end? And Corey, any final thoughts? Yeah, we're just excited to be part of this um, this business. I mean, the roll-up strategy I, I had mentioned earlier on our focus, uh, I would be amiss not to mention Peter, my partner's involvement within his previous company. You know, he he was able to successfully um, aggregate a you know a John Deere group of you know sixty four different John Deere locations, and they started at one and were able to see revenues north of one point three billion and looking at this you know that company was publicly traded and their pde ratio um was significantly lower than what those within this industry are being rewarded with so you know that that strategy and and focus and the and the bench strength of even having peter as an advisor to the company i think supports it really well and we both see this as a much more significant opportunity than what he had within that previous company Hey, well, I'm an investor in Correlate Energy, and they are a new show sponsors, so we'll be following up as the company progresses. Todd and Corey, thank you for joining me today, and thank you for this update. Thank you, thank you.
Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10-for-1 returns as there is in small-cap and micro-cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.